everybody. Oh, tell me what you want. What you oh, really, yeah, really, yeah. I wanna, I wanna, uh, I wanna, uh, I wanna, uh, I wanna, uh, wanna, wanna uh, really, really, really review Star Trek episodes. Welcome ooh. to the Prime Subjective. Uh, my name is Chris Newcomer. I'm your host. Uh, with me, we have Carrie Coleman Hinners. Um, Hakuchi Moya. Hakuchi Moya. We've got uh, Jane Neum. Beep. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Beep. We've got Michael no. Henley. Uh, there's coffee in that nebula. Yeah, there that's you it. go. That's, I have a t-shirt that says that. Trying to um, and we are here, Prime Subjective. We are here. We are reviewing episodes of Star Trek today. We are continuing to uh, watch and review. Uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. Today we're doing uh, season three, episode four, Room for Growth. And we are also Ooh. reviewing um, a classic episode of Star Trek that one of us has chosen. I got to choose today. I chose um, season three, episode 21 of Star Trek Voyager before and after, because I love Jennifer Leanne. May she rest mm. in peace. And I no, was happy she's, to... She's been passed away. She did? Wait, no, she wait, did. did she? I just... Oh, I think she's dead. No, she's not. I you just know. preemptively. Uh... I hate to tell you, I think she might be dead. Oh, she's okay. she's 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 not dead. Oh, she's she is not, not dead? dead. She is yeah. alive and well, and she, she has dead. family, and she's happily married. She works as a nutritionist. Actually, she stopped acting and got a job as a nutritionist. And why did I think she was dead? Living her life. Are you sure? Feel very positive. I love that I'm just like Googling Jennifer Lee. That's oh, that's okay. a that's a beep, Chris. Okay, I'm, I got that wrong. Okay, so she's alive. So I've been telling people she's dead for like three years. <laughs> oh my god! Well, <laughs> <laughs> my deepest apologies to Jennifer Lee. I'm so glad you're still alive. I'm so happy to hear that. That's a nice surprise on this Monday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Morning. Yeah. I really was like, we brought someone guys. back from the dead for you. No. Yeah. Could this be more fitting for the episode we're reviewing? Uh, yes. Know, right? No, it couldn't yeah. possibly be. From the clutches be. of death and life. Uh, all, all uh -huh. I love that. That's uh, very good. <laughs> that's my, that's oh. my favorite thing. I'm going to be laughing about that for a while. You know what? I do love being strong and wrong. I'm good at it. I lean in when I'm wrong. And I really did. I was like, no, you idiots. She's dead. And I was this should be this should be a running gag going forward that whenever an actor comes up, we should be like, which who I think they've passed away. And we have to be like the hero said peace. We might we might get sued if I mean yeah, sure. It just means that our yeah. It just means that our podcast will age well. So no matter what time somebody listens to the podcast, it will be relevant. We should introduce ourselves as being dead too. I've had multiple conversations with people where I was insistent on this fact. So once again, this is uh, wow. the landscape of my own personal interaction. And, and one of them was Jennifer Leon. It was really weird. Yeah, I was like, you're dead. You know that, right? You're dead. Um, anyway, okay. hey, Carrie, okay. how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. And if you're listening to this, it means that I have passed that I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. Uh, and this this uh, podcast will be my serve as my memorial, please. Um, I am doing well, and um, I got another I got another unwanted review for you guys. You guys didn't ask for it, but I'm oh, going right. to give it to you. Is this from from <gasps> something you ordered from television or? 
like like that thing you had like a pool a kiddie pool you ordered from tv or something or yeah i mean I've, i used to do product reviews but i've switched doing you know film and tv reviews so. oh great wonderful right so now that, my new you made that pivot <laughs> yeah i made a pivot um because i never follow up on my reviews so um uh we're the british bake-off guys have you seen it have you seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> I believe I re recommended one of the spinoffs mm -hmm. last, last episode. Mm -hmm. Did I, mm -hmm. I would love to give a, my review of the British Bake Off. First of all, I'm okay. watching the Junior Bake Off. Love the kids. Really right. adorable. <laughs> their, their creations are a hot mess, but sometimes really impressive. Um, and the one problem that I have with the British Bake Off, which is why I stopped watching it, and it's been consistent, like, this is why I can't watch it anymore, because of the bits that the hosts do. I yeah, cannot yeah, stand yeah. their bits. I cannot stand their jokes. Mm -hmm. I cannot stand. And the, the Junior Bake Off guy is a real creep, too. I, he's I do creepy. Like, I don't like. I feel like he's creeping on the kids. And I don't like oh. how he has this V-neck shirt with, like, the chest hair that's just, like, sticking out. And he's got like all of these like buttons that say things all over his like, you know, vest. And I'm like, that's so creepy. And uh, the one episode he had like a like a, a melon, like a honeydew melon type thing. And he cut it in half and he hollowed it out and he stuck his finger inside of it. And he had the kids, he opened it up and was just like wiggling his finger. It was the creepiest yeah. thing I have ever seen. And I could tell that the kids don't like it. No. And I don't like it myself. Um, so that's my review. Get rid of the host. I would be a good host. Like, that's maybe I could do it. Maybe I could do it. I think we should write a, a, a letter camp, a later writing campaign to make Carrie the next host of Junior Bake Off. I'm not British, but I would gladly, um, like, uh, renounce my American citizenship oh. and uh, go wow. over there. Like, wow. and be British. I would go be British. Okay. I think that's how much. You should make a version of that, but it's over here and it's called The Great Klingon Bake Off. And just everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> everyone just think, gah. Yeah, exactly. It, it, <laughs> could also be, it could also be The Great British Paint Off. Oh. Yeah, well, that would be that. like. And that would be right in Carrie's wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. I do like painting, guys. I am a big painter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, real quick before we move on to how everyone else is doing do you have a favorite of the kids on that series no no I can't it's like hard to choose Fern, kids who's just like very like yeah she's, she's like 11 years old and like bad yeah. at making but very like but she got she gets very far for some reason and she's just like I, well I, I fell over proud but it's fine <laughs> yeah i kind of like the little the little chubby boy he's like the like the stereotypical chubby finn. boy who likes okay. uh finn who likes uh baking like and band. he's like he's got like a headband and he's got like a cute little face he's got like cute little features in the in the middle of his round you know face what he looks like <laughs> no <laughs> he doesn't no <laughs> he looks like me. Ooh. I wonder. I was like, that's that is exactly what I look like at the age of twelve. I was all circle and still am. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, great. well, that's a, that's okay. a good a good review, an unasked for will? but well received review. Yeah. Okay. Of Junior Bake Off from one Carrie Coleman Henners. <laughs> Jane M, how are you doing? Right. So as I lie here on my deathbed, I'm doing quite well. <laughs> Oh my God, we're gonna be so sorry if something bad happens to one of us after this podcast. I think, 
I think it'll be fitting. We really yeah. regret this. Oh, I been forgetting these are my last words. So, I mean, maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah, take your vitamins, guys. Take your yeah. vitamins. Look both ways. That's a little stave <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We are Flintstones kids. Okay, no, Jay, how, how are you? Oh, I'm just dandy. Uh, I saw Boogie Nights yesterday. Oh. First time? Yeah, first time oh. seeing Boogie Nights. Oh, man. That's a great movie. That That's is a great a phenomenal movie. movie. It's yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it um, it's just one of those movies that um, you don't, I realized I wasn't even evaluating whether or not it was good. I was just in the moment enjoying it. The whole time they really do an incredible job i mean it's just they're, they're telling so many layers of story with so yeah. many different characters in that movie and I, mm. julianne moore is so good in that yeah. oh man um, yeah freaking uh, heather graham heather graham's great i think that this is Bird troyer is great as mark Wahlberg's prosthetic penis i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> i think any levels of joke yeah Burt Reynolds is amazing in that movie, and I am not someone who's basically just like, you know who's a great actor? Plenty of times, Burt Reynolds. But, like, no, he's really good in that. Um, same, honestly, with Mark Wahlberg, who I can yeah. take or leave and usually leave, but I think he's perfect in that he's movie. He's perfect in this role, yeah. 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 Anyway, so great you, movie. It's so great. good, okay. so well, good. We've got yeah. another, another great review of a movie in the How You Do Infections. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's so, good. Mike, it's you know what you need to do? <laughs> Yeah, Michael Henley, from your deathbed, yes. how are you doing? So if you're listening to this, that means I'm dead. And one of the people <laughs> in this room is the killer. Oh. You must uncover the clues. We're, oh, we're, man. We're doing this on Zoom, so it's a long distance murder. I think it's your cat. I think no, I mean, it's, I was, it's, it's the cat. Oh. No, the dog's in the hallway, too. That kind of yeah. counts as the room. So, yeah. Your cat is um, up in your business when you're on this Zoom. And your dog, oh, you, you should. See. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You should, well, you should see during a work day, basically like the way my work day happens is like from like eight to 10 o'clock, I'm usually kind of doing my thing. And I don't have any meetings. 10 o'clock is when the meetings start. And that's when the cat wakes up and he's just like, Oh, he's talking to other people. All right, fine. My time to shine. So right. getting on camera basically. And it's just <laughs> endless parade, basically just like, clearly you guys came here to see me. Um, um, and yes, they did. They're, 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 they're very nice to say so. Um, all right. Well, I'll do a, how about a, another movie review actually, because, um, my girlfriend and I, we watched Nope last night, um, uh, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed a lot. We, we, we both did. We really, really enjoyed it. Um, so really strong, really good and scarier and more intense than I thought it was going to be. Um, because uh, I was a big fan of Jordan Peele, even having seen Get Out and Us, I was basically just like, all right, I know, I think I know what this is going to be, you know, kind of a way. I'm sure it's going to be good, but like it surprised me in ways, in a lot of ways. Um, really enjoyed that movie a lot. That's great. I still have not seen it, but I definitely want to. Um, I'll have to check that out. Well, good. Thank you for an, a third movie review and recommendation <laughs> from mm-hmm. Michael how, Henley. How are you doing, Chris? I'm dead, and how yeah. am I doing? Yeah, Chris, I, what's I your recommendation? Also, I am also, um, I am, I am the living dead, uh, and I'm here to tell you <laughs> that on the other side, it's wonderful. So just, just go for it. No, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, I, you know, I had plans tomorrow, but now I feel like I have different plans. So, okay. Uh, my this is our spooky joking. Halloween episode. Yeah. My boyfriend <laughs> keeps joking that he is not in fact 34, but rather a 600 year old Eldritch witch. Who is moving cool. from body to body? Um, which I'm like, that's that funny, but the perfect more she talks for you. About it, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, this sounds like yeah. it's not 
I faked him. Yeah, and um, I think that makes me feel like he's really a kindred spirit with you. Yeah, because I'm also a yeah. kindred spirit with you. <laughs> yeah. He also sometimes when I, sometimes in the middle of the night I'll wake up and he's speaking Russian in his sleep. You know, nothing, nothing, mm. not pretty scary oh. like that. Um, okay. <laughs> all right. He was telling me how to make pierogies in a dream. Cool. Um, is he am... unable to cross over lines of salt? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He, he does. He tends to avoid the kitchen. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, garlic. <laughs> That's why he was. Garlic. That's why he was telling you how to make the pierogies because he was like, yes, I can't he go. He's like, I will uh, I'll observe from over here. <laughs> right. Well, in reality, we're not elders. We're just we're both like old Victorian ladies because we both say things mm. to each other like, "Oh, you're very dear to me," or like things like that. Oh. We're all very. Dear. <laughs> it's a nice. It's a nice. But I'm doing well. We had a great weekend. I uh, I saw a great um, dance show here in Philadelphia called Bathhouse by Gunnar Montana, who does a lot of sort of um, wonderful dance programs that tend to be very queer focused and pretty, you know, um, sexual in nature. Uh, and it was, it was really good, it lived up to its name. These people were dancing and telling story. And I, I think, believe everybody left that show real keyed up, you know what I mean? <laughs> Ready for, for many kinds of action. Um, so that's, that was a, a good thing uh, for me yeah. this weekend uh, that I enjoyed. And I'm I'm also excited because I'm going to Provincetown this weekend to celebrate a friend's mm. marriage, and so I'm going nice. for a little vacation. Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be good. So I'm good. But let's move on to a new segment. New segment. <gasps> new segment. Oh. New segment. Yeah, yeah, segment. It's called Mike Henley's Corner. Oh, Mike Henley's going to tell us. <laughs> I have a whole corner. This is so nice. Yeah, it's getting dusty, and you really need to do something. About it's the corner it. where he dies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike Henley's corner of death. Yeah. Mike Mike Henley's corner of death. Uh, We're still workshopping the name. We'll see. Um, Well, no, I just wanted to to kind of keep it, uh, you know, on point, I guess, a little bit because uh, this is, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I do. In addition to loving Star Trek, you know, I definitely love, uh, I love physical media. You know, whether it's LPs or Blu-rays, I'm a big movie person, you know, so and when those interests can intertwine, that's when that's when the magic happens. So um, I uh, last week I got in the mail something I pre-ordered, which was the new 4K slash Blu-ray of Star Trek, the motion picture, the director's edition, um, which is uh, a definitely strong recommend, uh, and I'm going to tell you all about it briefly because uh, the thing about Star Trek: The Motion Picture is it's a hard movie to it's a hard movie to discuss because it had a tortured production history. And I know that you know in the years since it came out, all the way back in 1979, you know a lot of fans have a lot of different opinions uh, on it. Um, I, for one, am on record as someone who uh, appreciates a lot of what that movie does, even though I know it doesn't wholly 100% work. Um, it's one of the few Star Trek movies out there to really kind of go for a sense of uh, 2001 style, you know, kind of awe and reverence for, you know, the magic and majesty and mystery of space. Um, it's got great special effects. It's got a fantastic score by Jerry Goldsmith, probably one of my top 10 film scores of all time. Um, but the movie has a tarnished reputation, not just because of the mixed reaction when it came out, but also because of the fact that the the filmmakers all the way back in 1979 were kind of mixed on how the movie ended up being uh, as well, because they there was stuff they just kind of ran out of time to do. Um, this is actually one of the first instances of a movie kind of basically having a release date 
before there was a movie and then the entire production becomes a case of just kind of dragging something over the finish line in order to uh, get something out um so uh you know definitely inspired by the success of star wars this is basically paramount pictures going you know going around its rummage bin and basically just going oh what do we have that's kind of star warsy this has star in the title maybe we could do that um that's an oversimplification but barely one about what about why this movie exists um so because of that, um, there, there were there were effect shots they did they didn't get a chance to do. They didn't get a chance to spend as much time in the editing room as they wanted to, um, you know. And they they thought that there was there were storytelling opportunities basically that they just did not really quite get a chance to realize. Um, so and that's the way it stayed for many many years. And then back in the two thousands, they did a new edition of the movie called Star Trek: The Motion Picture, the director's edition. Um, which uh, director Robert Wise was still alive at the time. And so uh, he and some effects people got together and they did a very, very specific thing here where they um, decided to add some shots and throw in some moments and, you know, remove some bits, you know, do some trims, add some stuff back in and basically kind of re-edit the movie, add some new stuff, but add very specifically constructed stuff that looked even though done with CGI, basically doing shots that they really wanted to do in 1979, they just ran out of time too. So there's nothing, there's no nothing happening here where they, uh, like when they redid Star Wars and all of a sudden the camera's going around like crazy. Um, and you're just like, they couldn't have done that back then. Um, the, all Everything that is added is stuff that is completely of a piece with, you know, how the movie was put together. It's just stuff they didn't have time to do in 1979, and they really wanted to. Um, so that cut came out in 2000, where it kind of languished on... It was mastered in uh, standard definition, uh, because Paramount was not into future-proofing its properties, I guess, at that point. So because of that, when uh, you know, kind of Blu-rays happened and streaming happened right around the same time and everybody wanted HD stuff, the director's edition of Star Trek The Motion Picture kind of fell by the wayside. It kind of went out of circulation, because there just wasn't a place for it. Um, so you have this definitive version of this movie that kind of hadn't really seen the light of day um, for a long while. And that was like 10, 15 years, basically, that happened until Paramount ponied up the money to actually do a, you know, basically do what they did, but do it again and do it in, you know, 4K, 4K quality so that this will just be the definitive version of the movie going forward. So they finally done that. Um, it aired on Paramount Plus earlier this year as exclusive. Now it's available to own. Uh, you can own it on, you know, streaming sites, uh, you know, uh, and uh, and and on disc as well. Um, so this is my first chance to kind of revisit this version of the movie, which I think it is definitely superior than to the theatrical cut. So you know, if you've watched this movie sometime yeah. in the past 15 years, most likely you've watched the theatrical cut because that was all they made available. You know, the the, the wow. director's edition was just this thing of just. Uh, oh yeah, they did that, but like uh, we can't watch it because they're not putting it anywhere. Well, they finally have put it out, mastered all that kind of stuff, uh, and it's really strong. I definitely recommend it. Um, it's um, you know it, it 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 tightens up some things. I think it's it's much stronger as a Spock movie because they 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 put some stuff in there that kind of finalizes his arc in that movie. They create some special effects of. Uh, there's an early trip to Vulcan that's better realized. There's an early trip to uh, San Francisco Earth. Um, which is kind of sweetened with some, you know. So they effects. added in, they added in effects because when they were making this, they clearly are using film, and so when they cut the film, they cut the film. So there isn't any 
there isn't any like digital things hiding somewhere that you can no. like put back no. in. So they had to no. add things into the movie then. Exactly. Exactly. So they had to, yeah, overlay and, you know, the stuff and basically make it look like matte paintings and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and most crucially, towards the end of the movie, that was when they really started running out of time. So there are like really important, not just scene setting, but really important storytelling effect shots that never got into the movie okay. that they decided to actually do and put in like stuff that's more about the the space pro viger and what it looks like and as it's approaching earth basically and the threat that it conveys which in the theatrical cut is all done pretty much on just a computer graphic screen you know like it's yeah. a diagram this is what's happening um and it makes it feel not really real uh and important what's happening and i think it really kind of fixes some of the flaws of the movie the movie is definitely still flawed don't get me wrong i actually um, enjoyed that movie i actually enjoyed mm -hmm. that movie i i never uh was in I was, not, I was never interacting with people that were like, this is a bad movie. But then one one time, not too long ago, I said, I think I'm just going to start watching all the Star Trek movies again. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch the motion picture. And every like so this guy just like laughed at me like as if that was the most ridiculous thing he ever heard. Like another Star Trek fan, not just some yeah. rando on the street. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, and I and I was like, what? I don't think that movie was that bad. I kind of thought it was interesting. I did know that they had, um, uh, like you were talking about them going back and forth on the movie. Is it going to be a movie? Is it not going to be a movie? Yeah. And they they were going to go and make another TV series with it. Yep. And yep. and so so in the movie it incorporated what they were gonna do with the TV show with those mm -hmm. characters they added those characters in anyway that's the only thing I knew about it but I yep. I always kind of enjoyed it the concept of V'ger the this um the thing that sent that Earth sent out from the past just gathering information around the universe and becoming a a different thing I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I always dug that, especially the um, there's a part where they go inside the actual space of, you know, like it, it's basically it's a giant computer, you know, so right. like there's all these like rendered, you know, yeah. galaxies and things like that. And it's just really like it 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 does a really cool thing of like achieving like a really like 2001 yeah. ish kind of like, whoa, this is awe inspiring. The, this is crazy. The thing that stands out about that movie is the 20 minute sequence of them just looking at the ship in the yes. beginning of the. Yes. <laughs> That's the one thing that stands out about that movie. <laughs> and people like now you start watching it and you're like, why is this going on for 20 minutes? Because it's like, okay, but this movie was in the theater in 79 after this show was off the air for like 15 years or something. And it was a big deal, these new effects, and to see the yeah. anyway, blah blah blah. It was a big deal then. Yeah. It was. It's not so much a big deal now. It's not so much a big deal now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. It's like this. It's like this. They never did this before. Like, let's take mm -hmm. this failed TV show that a lot of people seem to like for some reason, and like, let's put <laughs> pump <laughs> billions of dollars at it and throw it up on the big screen. Oh, so like if you used to like the rinky dink models, no, these models look really good. Like so many shots, in the, like the very first shot of the movie is like some Klingons uh, approaching this cloud. And there's a long shot of like a kind of like the camera, like going over and kind of seeing the Klingon ship from both sides. Cause just like, oh, right. Because they're basically just saying, look at all the detail we put into this model. You never saw this on yeah. TV. Yeah. Before it was just like a little toy thing that they put mm -hmm. like a miniature of and they spun a camera around. So, and they brought back Janice Rand for this. We were talking about Janice Rand they a did. few weeks yeah. ago. So, yeah. 
Welcome back, Janice Rand. Well, thank you. Thank That's you, right. Michael. Thank you for, for giving yeah. us the, the Good Henley's uh, corner. Sorry, but, this is not sponsored content. This is well, not SponCon. Sorry, what's a disc? <laughs> Can you go back to when the you sleep say, of death, please? Is it in the cloud say, somewhere? Yeah, when you say <laughs> compact disc, Thank why? Okay. I'm going to mm. dive in because we we uh we got got We got to get going. Today. Yeah, we got to get going. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to dive in and I'm going to first describe um bef- um uh, Room for Growth uh season uh 3 episode 4 of Lower Decks. So Captain Freeman rewards the exhausted engineering crew for their tireless work by taking them to a relaxation spa, the Dove. However, mm-hmm. the crew continue to engage in work at the spa, causing Freeman's stress level to rise to emergency levels. The engineering crew, feeling guilty, respond by creating a machine that is able to instantly de-stress her to the spa manager's chagrin. Meanwhile, Boimler, Tendi, and Mariner complain about the cramped quarters and lack of privacy in lower decks. After overhearing, overhearing that Delta Ship plans to hack into the lottery and gain individual upper deck room assignments, Boimler, Mariner, and Tendi attempt to circumvent them and hack into the lottery first. The journey through the bowels of the ship to reach the bowels. <laughs> the journey through the bowels <laughs> of the ship to reach the terminal is perilous, and they wind up stuck waiting with the members of Delta Shift. The Beta and Delta Shift members seemingly bond before Delta Shift traps them in order to get the lottery terminal first. Beta Shift breaks free and manages to reach the terminal first, but see that um, the only one room is available. Not wanting to break up their friend group, they opt to allow Delta Shift to fight over it. They are dismayed when they learn that Delta Shift opted to just share the single room among their four members, which they had not considered doing. <laughs> that was really funny. Which is really awesome. We're all just like, I feel like we were all kind of yelling that. You're like, you can yeah. only. Yeah. Like, yeah. What the yeah. heck? What's your, what's your deal? Um, you're already kind of in one room and now anyway. <laughs> It's really funny. So that's sort of the the quick and dirty um, summary. I want to point out that I do love that at the beginning we have um, Captain Freeman um, having been taken over by an artifact, seemingly from a great TNG episode, Masks. I I love it that it's like, (laughs) stop touching masks. This is not the first time this has happened. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. I really love, really, really, really love um, them accidentally stumbling upon the holodeck sex plague of oh, oh my god oh man <laughs> i i didn't remember that they those two characters were together i didn't remember that um i don't know because but Neither often they do things like with the with the with the uh the um the crew uh co- uh, uh, uh crew uh bridge crew the upper the the upper deckers (laughs) yeah yeah often they do things with the bridge crew that they don't actually mention because it's not important because the show's not about them so they go on through like they could have like all whole relationships and whole story arcs that we just hear like little snippets about so i didn't i did did they talk about those two getting together in the past and i would like to see a bajoran cat cartoon baby (laughs) (laughs) it would be really creepy yeah, it seems uh, um, it's like that Voyager episode where um, Paris and Janeway get transformed yeah. into like salamander things. Yeah, yeah. classic. Yeah, classic. Yep. We never, but 
they never spoke of it ever again. I mean, what do you say Classic. about? I mean, what do you say? We're just living in mean, with those babies currently. That's yeah. why they're in there. So, <laughs> you know. yeah. Um, but this, this is what I love about this is what I love about Lower Decks is that they have the bridge crew going on these things and and like she just passes by. They're do they're like having their own conversation. The Lower Decks crew and she just goes by. And it's sort of just like, oh, not again. And then they continue on with their conversation. Like, I, I just, that's what I really appreciate about <laughs> Lower Decks. Because it is truly, like, that's what it is all about. Like, these are the background characters. These are not <laughs> the main it's like, characters. Yeah, well, it's, like, it's like getting a whole show of Downton Abbey, but yeah. it's all about the downstairs staff. And yes, I, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, there, and the and the stuff that's like remarkable to us watching the senior staff is completely unremarkable to the yeah. they've they've seen masks before, you know? Right. They see them yeah. too much for they in the past months or so. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and I and I do like they ref that they reference the um the cartoon a lot, which is something that the other shows don't really do. Because the cartoons can do things with characters that humans can't do like for well, example like the, the three runs the dove right is that yeah with the third i think so mm -hmm. yeah and i think that is a reference from the the um, animated series because three hands difficult to do you know a cat person mm -hmm. difficult to pull off well so um i enjoy that well there's the an entire movie uh if you like cat people um it's called Cat no. People. It's called There's two cat movies people. called Cat People. Yes. <laughs> See, that's Here's what I'm. That's what I'm like. If we were watching the Prime subject, uh, Prime, I keep. You know what you I have a problem with? <laughs> I, for some reason, keep calling every Star Trek show Prime Subjective. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got in there. So, uh, yeah. what I am trying to, and also, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm pregnant. So I think that's the first time you've mentioned it to I, our I, I have to, I, but I feel like I have to mention it only because that is the reason why I can't say words anymore, because there, there is actual brain cells being sucked from my brain into another part of my body. <laughs> uh, I think that's how science works. Yeah. Um, I think so too. Mm -hmm. The Chris, the Pike, the Pike show that we were just reviewing. The Pike. Strange new worlds. <laughs> Strange. See, that's what I'm talking about. Strange new worlds are the words that I could not remember. I see. Okay. I so I feel like I need to mention it. I apologize. Yeah, there was a time when I was calling that in my brain like surreal planets or something. It was just my brain was not <laughs> yeah. locking and in on every every correct. single time I go to say strange new worlds, I say prime subjective. Okay. We know honestly, yeah. okay. yeah. honestly, the worlds on that show not that strange. No, yeah. they're just kind of normal as they are. And, yeah, right. Like, yeah, that's strange. Except for that world where you had to sacrifice a kid to keep the world afloat. That was a little. I but saw, it was, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Isn't it referenced in like the original series somewhere already? Um, no. No, they made that up. Oh, they made that up. they made that up. They made that up. They do things with kids every now and then. Like suddenly, the kid is like uh, the brainiac genius of the whole. Anyway, right? Um, yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> Listen, episodes about kids are fine. Just don't give me kids singing. That's the like one thing I can't take with kids. Maybe okay. More than like four. <laughs> no, more than like four kids singing at a time is. Oh painful. man. Well, it depends <laughs> if they're good. I mean, here's no, the thing, no. The even if they're good, singing. it's just too many high frequency pitches in like one cluster. 
Okay. So you don't want to hear a bunch of sopranos. It's not for you. Well, sopranos are different. There's something about kids in particular. Like yeah. I get it. No, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And it also kind of reminds you that all of your choices in life were maybe not so great. I don't know, but that's just me. <laughs> I, I remember like uh, in the middle. <laughs> how did children all right. that? I mean, <laughs> that feeling, Carrie? Can you elaborate? I mean, no. It's just like maybe it's a problem that I have. I'm like if only I took a singing class when I was a oh, child, no. oh, my no. life would have. Oh. Anyway, this, this, did you know that there's also I an Enterprise only... reference in this episode? Real quick, though, I took like only singing classes as a child, and we are here on the same podcast. Well, okay. So I... okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like finish up that thought just by saying like there's a, I was in choir with growing up, and there's one time when my parents played a recording of like the choir singing. And I went, man, like we, I did not think we sounded this bad. And then I heard it. And like, even when the parents were like, great job. I was like, no, kids just don't sound good. And yeah. this is me in like middle school. <laughs> that was like your revelation. Oh, our parents are just humoring us. Yeah. Well, that, but, but I don't know, even like what was good for a kid's, uh, there's just something about the kid. Like, I was like, I'm part of why we suck as a child. I need to grow up. You're always wow. good to the parents. The wow. parents always think you're great, no matter what. It sounds like you're really good. Good as a, enjoying the moment as a child. Um, <laughs> well, I'm about to die, so <laughs> in the regretting a lot of, of life choices in this moment. Um, I mean, did we also? How did we feel about this fun journey through uh, through the bow bowels of the ship? I enjoyed seeing. Oh below yeah, the, uh, I did. Below hydroponics yeah. bay, that was kind of fun. I, I enjoyed that um, before we even got to the 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 cat. Uh, Bajoran romance. We had a whole thing about. I think it's called a bunk. What do they do with the money? Yes, <laughs> like, sort of like a running joke in Star Trek that that the uh, Federation doesn't use money because it's a right. a merit based <laughs> economy or whatever. Yeah, uh, but somehow somehow someone else is running the uh, the theme park that charge must charge money uh, for first. Yeah, episodes. other people Over they know time. about money. It's just a funny concept because obviously they get the concept of money, but they don't personally they don't use it on Earth. But other worlds do, so they have to trade. They have to do it in to with those worlds. So, but anyway, it's always funny, and the um. The floating, I, that was the reference to the Enterprise that I found. The he found yes. the sweet, the sweet yeah, spot right. on the ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, when yeah. they were in the um the deflector? Yes. Yep. And it, they were like, there was less gravity there and they were floating around. So there was one of the, the pilots on uh, Enterprise, uh, Merriweather. Of course, I can remember that, but I can't remember Strange New Worlds. <laughs> he um, always... He was like a born in space baby, so he always knew where the sweet spot on the ship was. Born in space yeah. baby. Yeah, no. Boomer, right? Then they call him Boom. a boomer. Boomer. They yeah. called him like a yeah. because it was like he was like one of the first generations to have been like living in space since they mm -hmm. discovered, you know, going up into space. Mm. So. Cool. I like that. I didn't realize that was a uh, an enterprise reference. So thank you for mm -hmm. clocking that for us. Um, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here yeah. for. That's hey, what I'm yeah. here for. Here. That's my role. That's my role. <laughs> know your role. Um, um, but yeah, I think I think I, I also enjoyed seeing seeing the engineering because the engineers are just so cute and sweet. They just want to work mm -hmm. hard. They don't want to yeah. relax. Yeah. They, they want. I, the minute they were working the sand, I was like, they're making schematics. They have to have to be schematics. There's no way. <laughs> so funny. There's just such no a way. funny bit. 
Um, Reminds me of an improv scene where it's like, if you do something, you have to just keep doing it over and over and over. Oh, you mean like the average work of that? Yeah, yeah. Or just like every single scene they were in, it was like, okay, we get the joke. Now we're going to have to play that joke over and over again in different Mm -hmm. scenes and locations. Was that more meant to be doing an improv, bringing jokes back? See, that's new. Yes. Write that one down. Yeah, write it down. I'm dead. If it's funny, (laughs) um, basically, if it's funny, do more of that. That's my rule for improv. That's a good plan. Do it again. That's a good one. I like that. Well, the last last improv show I did, we found the funny thing of saying that death is important. Otherwise, life is not special. That was the theme of our oh, improv yeah. show. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Because we're it's a hilarious deep. improv team. Wow. It's deep, though. <laughs> it gets a little deep there, yeah. Uh-huh. It had Sweeney yeah. Todd vibes. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. So any other, any other big things that stood out for you in this episode of uh, Lower Decks, y'all? Anything else you wanted to... Going once, going twice. Okay, well, yeah, we're it's, talking. Yeah. Wait, wait, no, I was just, I, I was gonna say I was I was just gonna kind of put a button on it basically. It's just like this episode was very very entertaining, but also it's like one of those ones I feel like there wasn't that much to talk about basically. So the fact that like solid yeah, jokes, yeah. solid jokes, beginning and end, you know. Yeah. yeah, good job, guys. Good job, mm-hmm. good job, animators <laughs> and writers. <laughs> well done, team. <laughs> Voice artists. Well, now we were going to talk about um, before and after an episode from season three of Star Trek Voyager. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dive so right excited. in. I've got so excited. So excited to talk about this episode. Great, I'll, I'll describe the whole thing since we, I don't, I've got actually a pretty short uh, description. Okay. Um, so Cass, played by the very alive Jennifer Leanne, uh, finds herself <laughs> living short periods of time in reverse order due to exposure to chronotons. Sorry, she so she's her. very alive unlike us, right? Unlike us, yes. people podcasting about we- her from the grave. Um, mm-hmm. She first gains consciousness in sickbay as an elderly woman surrounded by her family on Voyager. Uh, the doctor is able to put her into a biotemporal chamber to try to extend Cass's normally short lifespan. Her next period of consciousness occurs some days before, where the doctor has affirmed that Kess is suffering from mental deterioration uh, due to the Mar Elogium, uh, her old age, which is part of the old age and the, the sort of the final step of the Ocampan lifespan. Um, and he says he plans to use the biotemporal chamber to extend her life. Uh, Kess finds it difficult to be around the members of her family whom she doesn't know. Uh, and during these periods, she comes to learn that Voyager had suffered a year of hell some years before when facing a race called the Krenim that repeatedly assaulted the ship as it crossed their space, crossing the lives of Catherine Janeway and Belana Torres, along with significant damage to the ship. Um, as her periods of consciousness approach the point, uh, that point, she's able to work with the crew to postulate the nature of the Krenim temporal-based weapons and how to reverse the effects uh, Kess is experiencing with a biotemporal chamber. The doctor surmises that if Kess can obtain the temporal phase shift that affected her, she would be able to stop her backwards progression in time. It also should be noted that um, in this timeline, she is married to Tom Paris and they have a daughter and a grandchild and her son-in-law is Harry Kim. I know, so weird. weird as hell. So weird. <laughs> I, don't love, I really yeah. don't love that part of the story. I yep. gotta tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel I mean, like it's yeah. meant to be funny, but it just comes, comes off, off odd. As hell. I don't even uh, think it's meant well, to be funny. I don't they, even think it's meant no, to be Tom funny. No, Tom Harris cracks a joke about it. He he like calls yeah. Harry like his son-in-law and they like yeah. laugh. I'm it's that felt like I was I mean, supposed to laugh. That at it. part maybe, but I feel like the concept of it was not really meant to be a joke. <laughs> 
soon Kat yeah. finds herself experiencing the period, the T-H-E-E period of the year of hell. Uh, and the ship is significantly damaged and an undetonated Krenim torpedo is lodged in the ship. Kess witnesses the deaths of Janeway and Torres. She examines the dangerous weapon and discovers the phase shift, which is 1.47 microseconds, FYI, before yes, passing it is. out, coming to at an earlier period. Realizing she's getting near the time she first joins the Voyager crew, she's able to convince the doctor of her symptoms and the means to stop it using the Krenim phase shift. However, even in the biotemporal chamber, she continues to flash back, soon finding herself back with the Ocampa and still growing younger. She rushes further to an infant, then to a fetus before she suddenly starts, uh, and, and they, they don't put this in here, but then into like an actual just cell and then she doesn't exist and then the cell comes back. Before yes. she suddenly starts moving forward in time. She eventually comes to in the present three years since she joined Voyager and shortly before the year of hell. The doctor acknowledges the biotemporal chamber uh, a success and Kess is cured. Um, afterwards, during celebration in the holodeck for Kess's birthday, the crew asks Kess for details about their futures. Kess declines but says she will write a report on all the information she has on the Krenim. As Kess leaves the holodeck, Jane tells Janeway tells her she does not have to write the report just then, with Kess replying, there's no time like the present, which I have to say <laughs> is a really weak way to end this episode. <laughs> I did not love I love this episode, but I was like, y'all, come on now. Not like just a hokey sitcom, like yes, kind of thing as an ending was a little that I didn't. Know. <clears throat> How do we feel about this episode? I yeah. chose it, so you know I love it. What, yeah. what are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love Voyager, and I love so many Voyager episodes. There are some problems that I, there's some not problems, but like gripes that I have with things that Voyager has done. But overall, this episode, like on its own, is is fun um when you start to like put it in with all of the the rest of the series and the episodes it kind of it brings up problems for me but that's what voyager was trying to do they wanted to create these like bottled episodes where you didn't have to really worry about what was going on in the other episodes um uh, the what they i guess if you haven't been watching the show and you just watched this episode, it is a little confusing as to like why her lifespan is so uh, short. And I think nine years was even extended from like the original, I think they extended her life to nine years. Maybe I think it was probably a little bit less than that because at another, another episode, she runs into some Ocampans who had, figured out a way to live longer because <clears throat> they're that's why when you're three years old you can get married uh to somebody <laughs> else because you've already you've come into your maturity at three years old um because your lifespan is like seven years like falling in love with um, a game yes so when kate when uh when kes first comes on the voyager she's one and uh she's in a relationship with Neelix, which is also weird. But anyway, let's not get into that. That's not even in this episode. <laughs> um, like, you, know, you transfer to a new school and like, you know, you start yeah. the most unpopular, annoying kid because you don't realize yeah. yet how annoying they are. Yeah. Yeah. I think so while, uh, while I, I, yeah, Jay, like, I definitely think that this point was used as a joke, but I think it was also used as a, See, they just grow up faster so they could form relationships. 
But then I'm thinking like Harry Kim saw this person being born and just grew up real fast and decided yeah. that they were in love yeah. with them. But just yeah. don't think about that. But just don't think about that. Yeah. That's not I, the point. I heard about just when don't you think came about it. mother's back. Right. Yeah. yeah. Shuttlecraft. And they I was there. <laughs> not to, not not to get off topic, but I mean, since the premise is kind of similar in a way, this reminds me of like when I ever said, did you guys ever see the, the curious case of Benjamin Button? Yes. I actually uh, haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Um, I'll be vague, but like there is there is a love story between him and Kate Blanchett, even though by definition, she is aging normally. He's aging in the opposite direction. So yeah. it's like, it's like, and the movie definitely posits it as, I, I think, just basically just like, this is very romantic what's happening. I'm just like, this is weird. This is weird. weird. They like meet in the, in the middle, middle right? Yeah. They do they meet in, in the, the middle, middle at exactly. middle age yeah. for some point, and then he, he was off. No spoilers. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, and okay, you guys, I have more gripes, but I'll let you guys talk. <laughs> more gripes, more gripes. Um, I feel like that was... I think we can debate about how big of a part of the episode that was, whether like um, Tom Paris and Kess's relationship was sort of like, uh, like meant to grab the audience's attention rather than like be something to really think about. But dating someone who marrying someone who only has like four years or five years left in their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is seems like you're asking for it, right? Like, but, and it felt like it felt like a very weighty topic <clears throat> that they just sort of yeah. skipped over. They do that, yeah. I totally agree with you, and that's one another one of my gripes on this show. They often sort of breeze past weighty topics on the show. Yeah, they don't get too deep in. Well, because things. it's like they're almost they're they're so focused on their main goal of getting home that like the little things that happen, they're like, yeah. oh. Yeah, we have to trade some and, crazy you know, things. Some, for, like, yeah. if they presented, if they redid Voyager now, and they didn't even change any line, they just did it word for word, script as is, but just filmed it differently, presented it differently, acted it differently. Like you could, it would really highlight the horrors <laughs> that happened on this show. Yeah, there was one. Mm -hmm. There was one uh, uh, monsters. They were the phage. They their mm -hmm. skins were falling off. So they this is like the most horrifying monster I've ever heard on Star Trek. It's like scarier than the Borg even because what they do is they harvest organs. They just will take you. They'll take all of your skin off. They'll put it on their face. That's their skin now. And um, <laughs> yes, and they did yeah, that yeah. to people. It's like traumatized really scary dark stuff happens all the mm. time on the show but it's not presented that way <laughs> it's like Battlestar Galactica facts but filmed on the Brady Bunch set yeah <laughs> yeah the lights are very bright and uh -huh. I, and I and, and wow. it's which I kind of love actually <laughs> they know that they're doing it because I've heard interviews and I listen to other podcasts it's, these are intentional choices that they've yeah. made like this is like we're going to do this so that's another part of why it's so weird <laughs> yeah i i think uh you know not to I, i'm i i think you know one of the things that i think is so interesting <clears throat> about voyager is that um and for a while since i ran concurrently from deep space nine deep space nine is my favorite so com voyager comparison sometimes did not help you know and and it, it took me some distance basically to you know kind of really appreciate the show um but i think that one thing about the show is that I think they were um, – I've read interviews that said that um, 
this was the first show since the original show where they had a network to answer to. Next Gen didn't have that. D Space Nine didn't have that because um, this was on UPN. And because of that, they had very strict uh, ideas about what they wanted to do. And then the network had very strict ideas about what they did not want them to do. And sometimes that like caused a problem. So like the kind of darkness that I think if you see, if you watch the show like very early on and the stuff with like the, the Maquis and the integrated crew, um, you know, and kind of the search, like the intensity of the search for home and like right. the scrounge resources, all that stuff that kind of goes away over the course oh, of the show. Because... Oh, oh, and like at one point, Bolana realizes that all of her friends are dead and she gets suicidal. And yep. she, it's like this Whoa. whole episode is about that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, sure. And She's it's like just on the like, holodeck, like diving out of mm-hmm. yeah. turning off the mm-hmm. safety yeah. protocols. And it's like bef- the episode before and after ever, they never reference it ever again. But no, it's just that, that one true. episode. Where she it's up, true. Ends up in space with Tom Paris, or that's a different episode. Uh, different that's one. a different, different episode. one, I believe. Yeah. yeah, that's a different episode. I, okay, I'll, I will say when I chose this episode, I had a I had a better memory of what the episode was before we watched yeah. it. Oh, I think it's a good episode. I, I, like, I really like. do. Yeah. It doesn't sound like you guys like Yeah, we just... <laughs> I know. No, well, no, no, okay. no, 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 okay. Really, this happens, so it's talking about the year of hell before it actually happens, that right? That I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And mm-hmm. and I and it's so bold how they how they also give a solution for the year of hell. It's not just, here's yeah. this thing in the horizon. It's, here's this thing in the horizon. <laughs> here's exactly how you solve this problem. And in fact, this we'll was... show you it's resolving itself before it really even becomes a problem. Jay, this leads into my next gripe, because they do actually get to the year of hell in another uh, 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 season, and they yep. ne- this never they comes up. They, they don't mention this at all. Kes, they don't no. mention Kess. They don't even be like, oh, wait, Kess is... Like, it would have been helpful to me if they were like, oh, hey, Kess, this really important person that we all really loved and was very important to us, uh, told us about this. alive. This, this, this is the weirdest thing about this episode, by the way, which is just the unfortunate timing, which is this is a Kess centric episode. It's toward the end of the sec- of the third season where she will leave at the beginning of the fourth season. So it's literally a show about her legacy on this ship and like the, the timeline of her spending time like on, on the ship and everything. When in five Maybe. episodes from now, not only will she leave the show, but the show will basically forget she ever existed. Um, I you know. bring her back one more time. There's they bring one her back episode one more time. that they bring yes. her back. Yeah. And I, I'm i like mad at that episode because she also like completely episode. forgot about everything yeah. that happened on that ship. And she was mad and she was angry and she wanted to kill everybody. And I'm like, this is weird. I don't like this. But they um, do remind her by the end of that episode of the love and the family she had there. And that's how they yeah, talk but about she, the land. But it's so weird. It is weird. Anyway. I, I, I don't like that episode because it feels like that that episode feels like um them being told, you should do an episode where you bring Kess back. And they're basically like, fine, we'll do it, basically. Yeah. And then we'll make you hate her and never want her to see her again. You happy? Like so Kess, like. as I was re-watching this show, and I've re-watched this show like several times, because <laughs> I got this is why I have these gripes because I only feel this strongly about it because I like it so much. If I didn't like it, I would be like, well, whatever, do whatever they want. I don't care. It's like a stupid <laughs> show. Um, that's just how I am. I'm like the more I like something, the more I start thinking about it. But Jennifer Lean was like 20 years old when she started this show. And oh, wow. her, the, 
the the depth of her acting on this show is very underrated and i didn't know, like it's not something that i noticed like in the first time watching it or even just picking up one episode but not just her acting but how important that this character was to the whole show she was she like even shot them forward in uh, space like saved him 10 years there's so many episodes she, she that out, Kes... outside of workspace <clears throat> yeah and um Kes is like integral the character is integral to the show her mm-hmm. acting is like so amazing like she's got this this deep soft mature voice for being yeah. 20 years old she doesn't there are some like reports that maybe she left because of like drugs or whatever but i don't think that's true i think that might have been part of it but i do think it was sex appeal that they needed a a sexy person on the show and that's why they brought in jerry ryan i i think they just didn't know what to do with that character anymore they wanted the show to grow up they needed more sex appeal and i think that's what what it, what it was um and she she quit acting shortly after but she did have some she did have some run-ins uh with uh getting arrested and stuff but shortly after that oh, she yeah. just she just had um you know got married had a family started a job as a, a normal normal person <laughs> and uh went off social media and just living her life so well, i think that's the thing too is like if you're already experiencing problems being a person mm-hmm. not only in the public eye but in the yeah. public eye like as the internet is really beginning to take off and people are talking yeah. about you yeah yeah um, I, I can't even imagine, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Good for her getting out of the, getting out of it and doing what she needed to do to get to get to a good mm-hmm. That's what I and think. I mean, I don't. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I do I, I do I do love this episode. I do love the, I do love the the even though it's very uncomfortable the Harry Kim one of, of it all. I do like the Tom Paris married to Kess thing. I think mm-hmm. that was kind of. An interesting and, yeah. choice, yeah. and then it also like the, the way they they keep you guessing. They're like, oh well, you you comforted me when Balana died. Like they they do tie yeah. all those strings together. Yep, to make it yep. make sense. I also really did things. like. I was expecting like a sort of like oh, it's gonna be like a cliche Star Trek thing where like there's a science. You know, you go through the emotions of like you're going through time, but then there's some science solution to solve everything. And I was mm-hmm. really expecting the. Um, I was really expecting it all to be resolved when she manages to tell the crew what's going on and they have the containment field and then she keeps sliding backwards mm-hmm. and yeah i kind of perked up there and i was like oh i don't know what's going on i don't know how yeah, this is gonna end yeah. anymore and i really yeah. enjoyed that i was like thank you for yeah. kind of throwing the script off because like I, yeah. now she's in a place where she can't get any help anymore i did think it was cool that she went like from the moment of her death to like pre uh conception basically <laughs> um I thought that was interesting and that was how they that plus the uh the free the 1.47 micro whatever is what they needed to plus that chamber like so they did use like so they made it made you think that like oh okay so they actually were able to do something yeah Um, the actress who plays her mother is a comedian you know i samantha oh uh, samantha what's her last name uh she's been in like a million things samantha b no no no. (laughs) not at all yeah Uh, 
there was another thing I really enjoyed about this episode, which was the the arc of the dramatic irony, where at first, like, you figure Rachel out Harris. by, like, oh, Rachel Harris? So, not Samantha? Oh! Oh, yeah, Rachel Harris! I, okay, I have yeah. to look her up because I, I, I can't picture You'll definitely her recognize her. She's just been in, like, she's been, like, a bunch of best friends and things and a bunch of, um, yeah. She yeah. she does look like Samantha B. <laughs> oh, agreed. She <laughs> isn't Samantha um, B. No, yeah. but there's a really fun dramatic irony ride where at the beginning, like I, by like the second or third jump, I feel like the viewer figures out like, okay, Kess is going backwards in time and mm-hmm. Kess doesn't quite understand it. But then Kess figures it out and yeah. you're, you and Kess are on the same page and then Kess gets the world to understand and then she's mm-hmm. then after the containment field um after they set up the containment field and it fails you and kess are in the same boat of like no please somebody believe me yeah, yeah. it's her and talking yes, to her I'm dad really... oh. the, the little the girl who plays her as a kid was really good i think yeah um, mm-hmm. what was confusing to me and i think they tried to explain it away in one line at the end i think tuvok tried to explain it away but every time she jumped she blipped back the so if if we were on one timeline if you were in the future you would have remembered what that character said to you yeah. a week ago yeah but they yeah. had no idea so it seemed so that was confusing i'm like why don't they just re why haven't they remembered what she said yet. yeah because I, the I, timeline I, hasn't been changed yet because every time she jumped back she changed yes. something and that it branches off in a different timeline. So I guess they're saying that the time is not linear. Yeah. Sure. Yep. That's my yep, that's my take. Yep. I agree. I mean, it was confusing to me. I didn't I don't like it, but I guess that's what <laughs> they were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I do like the one that one part where she gets like because you could they also are showing like how I think Jay was, was saying this as well, that how just like, you know, impressive it is that she's like, I don't know who I am or what I'm doing, but I'm gonna figure this out. And she's like at her party. She's like, "Hey, grandson, will you just come over here and just answer some questions for me?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like that's awesome. Uh, just uh, just showed yeah. her, you know, um, stick-to-itiveness in the face of yeah, a very difficult she's problem. very smart. The character, I like the character of Cass a lot. Me too. I, I always thought she was kind of underserved a little bit, yeah. and I, I you kind of feel. If you watch mm-hmm. the episodes kind of surrounding this one, which it's been a long time since I do, but I, I seem to remember, you feel the writers kind of struggling to kind of find ideas for her um which is unfortunate i'm sure that kind of you know spurred on you know some of the stuff they were talking where i I think the i think the jerry ryan stuff was like a network choice you know and it was a case of basically just like the network basically just saying like and cut some dead weight not that i'm thinking not that i think jennifer lane is dead weight i'm just saying that like network executives are the worst and that's exactly how they talk um yeah they were like you have to cut somebody because we need more sex on this show exactly and i think I think previously, uh, Garrett Garrett Wong, he was like on, on magazine. On the no, he they thought he was oh. on the chopping block, but the reason why he wasn't is because he showed up in that magazine as one of the fiftieth uh, oh. sexiest uh, men in uh, Hollywood. That's Garrett, right. Garrett Wong was in it, so they couldn't let him go. That's right. If I recall, there's an um, the episode the the the, the scorpion. Um, cliffhanger uh where which introduces the borg and where we get 709 at the end of it um kim ha- harry kim is injured during part one of that episode 
because the idea is like this will be our way to write off Harry Kim. They don't they don't mm. seal the deal, but they have him primed and ready to go. I think maybe to write him off the show, and then the magazine cover hit, and they're basically just like, well, we're not going to do that then. Uh, so he just gets better. These man, these, that's what they wanted. Sex. Suck. They want sex. They want sex. Yeah, that's absolutely. what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Give us, you know, somebody in a cat suit and all that kind of stuff. I'm gonna say something. I, I hope it's not too controversial because I really like this episode a lot. Just because and, and I like pretty much all of the Voyager time travel episodes. And mm-hmm. um and uh, I hope this doesn't no, well, I hope this doesn't sound too backhanded because like part of the reason why I like them so much, this one included. You you make me nervous when you start things like that. Oh man. All I'm going to say is this episode takes in setting up its future timeline. This episode takes swings that I wish the show was kind of taking more often during the real timeline. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not saying I want Janeway to die, you know, halfway through Star Trek Voyager, Mm -hmm. the, the Captain Janeway show, but like the fact of, uh, you know, Paris and Kets get together, you know, like there are babies born, you know, like the, you know, relationships change, yeah. you know, people leave, stuff like yeah. that. Stuff that kind of didn't really happen on the show. Tom and Bellana get together. But like, yeah. given the premise of the show, that would have been happening a lot more often with a lot more different people. And it kind of really didn't. They were very status quo. Overall, overall, this show, people, the, the characters change, but not that much. They're essentially much. who they are. So it's exactly. like, that's mm-hmm. why Harry Kim is always going to be an ensign. He's never going to get promoted. He's always yeah. like the innocent Harry Kim. Like people keep the characteristics that they were given and they change a little bit. Like I feel like that Tom, yeah. the Tom Paris character started out as they wanted like, like a playboy kind of guy, but he, yeah. he evolved. So there is some evolving, but mm-hmm. for the most part, they're stuck in, in the, in the role that they were given. Exactly. Exactly. And when you watch an episode like this, maybe it's just projecting, but you almost feel like the writer is basically going like, oh, I wish we could write this show more often, you know, like the one that's like maybe a little bit yeah. more dynamic and stuff. But no, we're writing this show, but that's OK. Yeah. Um, but, and, and like and, and again, I hope that doesn't sound too backhanded. I'm not saying like Voyager's no. terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm just, all I'm saying is just like stuff like this kind of brings into sharp relief some of the other choices they did. Today. Yeah. Well, I also think they, yeah. they sometimes do make big, they, they like once or twice a season, they'll make a big swing like this. Because the other yeah. the other episode I almost chose was Course Oblivion. Do you know which one that is? Mm-hmm. Yes. I was thinking, uh-huh. Uh, yes. Okay. That is a one. great, yeah. yeah it's a, a great good episode. one. So basically, it's, a, it's, it's, yep. built, it's built off the, I got it. It's built off you, the, Chris, tell <laughs> us what it is. We're going to go crazy. <laughs> We're going to explode if you don't tell us. Chris, I'm it's about built, to die. Tell it's me. built off a previous episode where they land on a planet um, where basically they, like, uh, it's got, um, what's it called? Now, now the, that I've said I've got it, of course the, I've lost the, the, memetic, memetic, the, yeah, memetic. Memetic. The, yeah, the that I can remember. Yeah. That yeah. I can yeah. remember. Biomimetic uh, matter Bio-memetic. that then basically replicates, at the end, replicates the entire crew and the ship. And so much so that they forget that they were ever biomimetic matter and they fly into space. And then we have this whole episode where we don't know that actually we're watching the yes. biomimetic crew and they're yes. slowly starting to deteriorate and they don't know why. <laughs> what? Good. That's Have you ever seen this one? No. Oh man. Oh Jay, it's so Jay, good. you gotta watch, you gotta it. watch oh, yeah. it. Yeah. The episode, but and 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 you know what? I, I will lump that together with like the the, the alternate timeline ones where it's basically like big swings because that episode, episode begins 
Tom and Bellana are getting married, married, and you're not supposed to know anything's wrong or anything is wrong. Anything is wrong yet, but in retrospect, you're basically just like, okay, fake Tom and Bellana got married before real Tom and Bellana got married. Yeah, that's kind of weird, also isn't it? Warp drive in a way that was like going to allow them to get home faster. And, yeah, and yeah. and you know what? Now that you mention it, real Tom and Bellana never got married on the show. It was just that it was just fake Tom and Bellana that got married on the show, and then suddenly yeah. real Tom. Huh. No, oh. they never had like oh. a wedding. That was always fake Tom oh. and Bellana. And then they, they just okay. were like, huh. no, they never showed it. So like, come on, Voyager, get with the program. Wait, wait, they were living <laughs> in sin? What? <laughs> there is no They'll never get the Delta Core. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're beyond Not that. A wedlock baby. Um, no, they were married, but they didn't show it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah okay. They, also, got, they Hemming, totally got married. What's that? Do you live with your girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> fine. Check Just checking in on that. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, uh, no. I, I, I'm sorry. I understand how you got confused. No, I'm, uh, I'm uh, adopting the, the, um, you know, the, the right wing playbook, which is like, it's fine when I do it. Right. You know oh, how. Like sure, yeah. sure, yeah. You know sure, how sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. My boyfriend and I uh, love that playbook. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say something else I liked about this episode, but it's just like a minor thing. Um, one of my favorite uh, characters on Star Trek, if you ask me, is the the EMH uh, doctor. I just Great love character. the doctor Dr. so Van much, <laughs> and he took like he took like a, a a strange little like holographic doctor character, and he fleshed it out in such a way that's so beautiful. But what I love is his wig on this show oh, yeah. <laughs> and the wig that he wears. It's pretty good, actually. And yeah. the wig is pretty good. And I know because I am crazy and I look these things up that Robert Picardo has like a very large wig collection that he just likes to wear. <laughs> so I, I, I do believe that that is his wig that he for wore him. for the show. And he like he did these things like this actor, like to try to 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 you know make his character more full like he would be like can i wear a wig and they'd be like yeah can i sing and he'd, they'd be like okay and then like uh so Aww. anyway i just think i just think it's a, it was great um and then he doesn't have a name and he's like trying out different names and so then go i do love that they're like okay we're gonna have like the most the snobbiest emh hologram you've ever met who's yeah. gonna pick a very cliche name <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I thought that was very funny. I I I I love him so much. He's so great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> any other any other fa favorite things? Final thoughts on this episode from you all? Since we are coming to the end of our time. You should. I'm not if you mad, watch, oh yeah. Good if day. you watch Voyager, keep it from the beginning. Keep a count of how many crew members they have and how many photon torpedoes they have because they don't. Um. So they <laughs> change. <laughs> It changes every time. Uh, shuttlecraft too. You should keep count the number of shuttles that crash land on yes. planets. So they they don't have a good sense of their inventory on the ship. <laughs> on the <laughs> you just you just limited inventory. Yeah. You just replicate another one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not mad that this is the last episode of Star Trek I watched before I'll die. Oh. <laughs> Well, That's so uh, sad, Jay. Oh, okay. Like, now I'm feeling like really worried. Like my, yeah. I'm gonna have to do like superstitions. <laughs> I'm gonna things and like, 
walk backwards around a tree and rub a rabbit's foot. I don't even know what I'm going to have to death. do. It's okay. It's just ego death. It's just ego death. <laughs> it's just ego death. Uh, I've heard Gwyneth Paltrow talk all about it. Uh, no. Um, ah, okay. Ah. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I, uh, I thank you for going with me on this journey during one of my favorite Voyager episodes. Um, and I don't know. I guess like, next week, who's got... I think uh, who's next? Um, I'm gonna pick next because I think we're we're back at the beginning of the rotation. That's correct. Um, I have not decided because the first one was easy because that was the first one that stuck out in my mind. But now I'm thinking there's so many. Now that I think about it, there's so many episodes that I like. That I think that we should talk about past tense from Deep Space Nine because I think that's probably everyone's favorite episode. So I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. I think we should go to past tense. Okay. Yeah. Right. Let's lock that in. Past tense, Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Next mm-hmm. week. So that's a so that's yeah. a two part episode. Just mind, just so everyone knows. So so. I can't okay, but we'll talk about it. Two hours of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just about say I say no. no that, that's fine with me. But just no, plan we're gonna your watch accordingly. Past tense is past tense part one and two. Um, mm-hmm. and that's what we're gonna go with. Wow. Unless yep. I change my mind, I guess, but that's where we're going to go. <laughs> Wonderful. So we will do next week, we'll do uh, the next episode of Lower Decks and Past Tense from Deep Space Nine, episodes one and two. Um, and I think that's I think that's all for us today. I think we should leave on a song that's very famous in Voyager, an episode where the Doctor is creeping real hard on Seven of Nine. There's a somebody <laughs> I'm longing, longing to, see. to see. I hope, I hope that, that he, he turns out to be. be.